So Matthew 28, this is Jesus with his disciples just before he ascends, goes to heaven. This is one of the last things he was saying to them, which is obviously really important. Verse 18 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, his disciples, saying, All authority. Everybody say, All authority. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. In heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And we know the rest of that. But I just want to focus on where Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And uh, a lot of people, they miss that. But the truth is, Jesus has all authority. And he has all authority in heaven and also on earth, on this earth, Jesus has all authority. And that means that the devil's got no authority. That's what that means. It means the devil has no authority because Jesus has all authority. The devil just, he just operates by illegitimate authority. You know, just pretend authority. The Bible says, 1 Peter 5, that our, our enemy, our adversary goes around like a lion. So he's not a lion, but he acts like a lion. Roaring, you know, like a roaring lion. But really, he's a, he's a, he's a defeated little pussycat. Yeah. Amen? He's not a lion. He, go, he acts like a lion. He pretends to be. And the lion is the symbol of authority. Powerful. Roar, the roar of authority. The, the king of the jungle. The, the lion is the symbol of authority. But he acts like he's got authority. And then people think, oh, he's got authority. He's so big. He's so scary. No, he doesn't. He's got no teeth. He's got no claws. Because he's not a lion. But he just acts like he's a lion, seeking those who he may devour. And those that are ignorant, those that don't realize Christ has all authority, those that believe and agree with the enemy and think he's got so much authority, oh, I've sinned, I've done this, I've done that, that's given him authority in my life, so now he's got authority just to come. That's those that are ignorant, it says, seeking those he may devour. Well, see, I know my authority, so the devil may not devour me. He cannot devour me. Those that know their authority, the enemy cannot devour. But those that are ignorant of their authority, he will devour. And how does he do that? By getting us to agree with lies, to believe he's got power, to believe he's got authority. But he doesn't. He's been disarmed at the cross. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15 says, The enemy, our enemy, has been disarmed at the cross. He was being, he's been defeated. He's been triumphed over. His 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 weapons have been taken away. He's been disarmed. He has no weapons against us. He is powerless against us. The only things he can use is lies. And when you believe his lies, you empower those lies to operate in your life. When you believe he has authority in your life, oh, I sinned, so I open a door. So now the devil has the right to come and mess with me and mess with my family. If you believe that stuff, that stuff will begin to operate in your life. But if you know the truth, every door was shut at the cross. In Jesus' name. Every curse was broken at the cross. Jesus became the curse on the cross. Every generational curse was broken at the cross. 
It's just when we think, oh no, I've these generational curses operating in my life, and there's things that someone has done, and I've done, and, and so the enemy's... That's all, that's all just lies from the enemy. Just lies from the enemy that have been taught through the traditions of man and church history, just been coming up with all these fancy, weird, strange doctrines. It's not in the Scriptures. It's not in the New Covenant. It's not in the New Testament. At the cross, Jesus disarmed the enemy. He was defeated. He was triumphed over. Bible says that we've been brought out of the dominion of darkness. In Colossians chapter 113, it says, He has delivered us. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us. He's transferred us. He's taken us out of the dominion of darkness and he's transferred us into transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son to the kingdom of light to the kingdom of Jesus Christ that means you're no longer part of the kingdom of darkness you're no longer under the dominion of darkness you've come out of that it has no dominion over you it has no power over you you're now under the power of Jesus Amen? amen every curse was broken at the cross see when you don't believe this You'll believe that the enemy has a right to operate in your life. But when you know the truth, you shut every door and he's got no right to operate in your life. Amen? Amen? Amen. We need to see where we are seated. We need to see our authority in Christ. Man, I'll tell you, the church, the, the, the church over the years, the centuries, has taught some real rubbish about this stuff. And, and a lot of and it's just, it's kind of, you grow up with it and you hear it and through religion and, and it just kind of gets in you and you start believing this stuff. Oh, if I sin, I'm going to open a door to the devil. Where, where is that in the Bible? Where, where is that in the Bible? Oh, don't give the devil a foothold. You know what that's talking about? It's talking about stop being fleshy and fighting in the church. Because when you do that, that's when you give the enemy an opportunity to come and separate and divide people and bring disunity. It's not talking about if you sin and commit sins against God, then you give the devil access and authority see the devil doesn't have any special authority amen he doesn't have any sovereign authority that's greater than the cross okay because at the cross he was defeated he was triumphed over he was disarmed at the cross and so when we come to Christ we die at the cross with Christ and then that is where the enemy leaves us the dominion of darkness, we, we, we leave that dominion of darkness. The enemy, at that point, he has no authority and power over us, except that which we allow him, which we allow him. But he has no rights, no legal rights anymore over us, because we die at the cross, and that's where he was disarmed. That's the point in our life, he was disarmed. And then God raises us up into new life in Christ Jesus, in the dominion of the Son he loves. He, we ascend with Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 says that, that Jesus has, has been risen to the highest place. It says, in verse 19 to 21, it says, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule, Above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in, the age, in this age, but also in the one to come. Jesus has been raised and seated in the highest place above all authority, above all power, above every name, above every demon, above the devil himself, above every power. Amen? That's where he's seated. Where are we seated? 
That's right. Ephesians 2 verse 4 to 6 says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. It's all grace. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. Where is that? That is far above all principalities and powers and rules and dominions and every name and every demonic spirit and every principality and every power and every dominion of darkness. We've been raised above that to sit with Christ, to rule and reign with Christ. That is the authority we have, and it's not through our performance. It is through the grace of God. It is by grace we have been saved. It is by grace we are seated with Christ. So when we come into Christ, that is when the dominion of darkness is broken in our life. No more generational curse. No more open doors. No more dominion of darkness. All We've been released from it, and we've raised into new life in Christ Jesus. Now, that, now, now that's why we've got to renew our mind, to believe the truth. Because when we believe the truth, we will stand in our authority. We will exercise our authority. We will enforce our authority. We will not allow the enemy to devour us. Because he's seeking those he might devour. Those he might devour are those that believe the lies. They believe the fear. They agree with the fear. They agree with the lies. They agree with all the church uh, traditional doctrines that, that nullify the word of God. We have to renew our minds to the truth. We are triumphant in Christ. We are victorious in Christ. We have authority in Christ. You have dominion and authority over the enemy, even after your greatest sin. You let that one sit for a bit. Hmm? Yeah, another grenade. Blow our minds. Blow the man's traditions out of our minds. Religious traditions need to blow them out of our minds and align our minds to the truth. Amen. Amen. Come into alignment with the truth. Realize our authority in Christ. It's not based on our performance. It's based on grace. It's based on the fact that we're in Christ. If our, if our, if our authority to resist the enemy and to enforce the kingdom of God, to go and make disciples... We're not, going to, we're not going to ask people to be disciples. We're going to go make disciples in the authority of Jesus. If, if our authority was based on our performance, I'm telling you right now, there is not a person in this room, including myself, who would have any authority. Amen? It just wouldn't. Because, because then it's reliant on your performance, your righteousness. I'm telling you right now, there's no one in this room that is righteous of themselves. And we all know that. Our righteousness, the Bible says, at best is filthy rags to God. It's just filthy rags. Like that, that's, that's the best that we can hope for in our own righteousness. Just filthy rags to God. Wow. So imagine if we're trying to, okay, devil, I resist you on the basis of my righteousness. He's going to laugh at us. But when we come in the basis of Christ's righteousness, of his authority, of the fact that we're seated in heavenly places with him, the Bible says, submit to God, resist the enemy, and he will flee. He has to flee. He cannot stay. Because he doesn't have some sovereign authority greater than the cross. He doesn't have some sovereign authority greater than you. You are in Christ with all authority in heaven and on earth. And so when you come under that authority, you live in that authority and you resist the enemy, he has to flee in a moment, in an instant. 
Don't have to spend hours and hours wrestling with the enemy. I'll tell you, I once, a few months ago, I came under a spirit of discouragement. About a year ago, I just started the ministry. And a few months into it, and uh, I'm impatient as well. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to see things happening. And uh, it wasn't happening as, as quick as I wanted it to happen. And God gave me two promises when we started. He said, I'll add the momentum and you won't have to worry about money. And in the first six months, the two things I was most worried about is momentum and money. <laughs> it wasn't happening fast enough and there wasn't enough money. And I was anxious and anxious. And uh, in the middle of that, I, I, I wrote some article and I released it and it didn't do very well. And I, and I, and I had like a little bit of a sulk. <laughs> My article didn't do so well. Like, you know. and, then, and then I tell you, the enemy began to speak to me. He said, um, yeah, it's because like, you're not very good. You're useless. No one wants to listen to you. No one wants to hear what you've got to say. It's not that good anyway. You may as well shut up. You may as well give up. You may as well stop. And you know what? You know what I did? I, I entertained that for a little while. I said, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not that good. Like, no one wants to listen. Like, what's the point? What's the point? And I, I felt like giving up. And, and, and as I just began to agree with those lies, I tell you, a spirit of discouragement began to come on me. I, I just started to feel very discouraged. Just this heaviness started to come around me, the atmosphere of discouragement. And, and I believe there's natural causes for discouragement and there's also spiritual causes for discouragement. There is a spirit of discouragement that wants to settle on your life and remove your courage and just make you feel discouraged. And it finds opportunity when we agree with the lies. Amen. That's why we've got to know our authority and stand in our authority and resist the enemy. But I didn't quite realize what was going on. And so I, I, I was agreeing with it. And then that night I had a dream. And in my dream, there was this man from my past, used to be in leadership together. And, um, and he was someone that didn't really like me. We clashed a lot. And uh, I always, whenever I was around him, I never felt good enough. I always felt like I was just useless and not good enough. And, uh, you know, just I felt discouraged when I was around this guy. And, you know, just all the time. And so, and I woke up. I was going to this, in my dream, I was going to this church. And uh, he was at this church. And I was like, wow, what's he doing here? You know. And, uh, <laughs> and then I woke up. I was like, God, what's, what's that all about? And I woke up feeling very discouraged. And that day was, was Kylie's 40th birthday. You know, a big, big happy day. And I was just like, <laughs> just like a wet blanket, you know. Like, <laughs> happy birthday. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, great day for you. But, I'm, you know, let's just make it all about me. I was being a bit of a diva, you know. And, um, and then, and then I, was, I was talking to Kylie um, about some revelation God's stirring in my heart. I was like, oh, yeah, I got this revelation, and, um, you know, I, I should make a video. And, and then the thought came into my mind, no, why make a video? It's not going to be very good. And then I actually, then I began to speak that out. I was like, no, but I'm, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not very good at making videos and talking in front of the camera, and it's, it's going to be useless, so no, I'm not going to do that. And, 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 like, as I began to say those things, like, the heaviness, the discouragement got like worse, it got heavier, and I just felt so heavy and so discouraged, but I actually, the, the thing is, I didn't realize what was happening, and, um, and we're about to go out for lunch, we're, we're going to go for lunch, like a nice, you know, happy birthday, 40th birthday lunch, 
my wife her big special day, and I was like, oh, I may as well just give up. Like, may as well just stop the ministry, just go do something else. And and um, and then and then a prophet friend of mine, he he was ministering in Germany, um, just high level prophet guy, amazing, amazing guy. Just gets words and all. Like an angel will come and he, when he's ministering to people, an angel will come and put his hand on his shoulder. When that happens, he just gets accurate words of knowledge. He begins to details about people's lives and just parts of their body that are sick and they'll just start getting healed and it's just glory like just so good and uh, out of the blue he phones me he says hey Ryan how you going I'm like mm, all right <laughs> <laughs> you know I was faking it. I was putting oh yeah no good 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 yeah yeah good no I'm all right you know we do that and uh, he's like yeah I don't know why but I just I just feel like to tell you like you, you know, you just need to be careful what you think about, what you agree with in your mind, um, what, you know, what thoughts you entertain. You know, you need to focus on Jesus. And, and I was like, oh, man, like, oh. <laughs> I know, you know, I know that. And like, it was just out of the blue. He, he feels stirred to tell me this. And I was like, yep, yeah, yeah, yep. Okay, yep, yep, okay. Uh, all right, got to go for lunch. Okay, see you later. <laughs> I, was like, I didn't want to talk to him because it was like, you know, kind of, it was confronting. And um, we went for lunch, and I really discouraged. And then that night, I had another dream, and the same guy was in my dream again, the, the guy that was discouraging me. And um, we were in this loun- our lounge room, and we were entertaining all these international guests and um, ministries and different guests. And, and then this guy, he was there in, in the lounge. I'm like, what's he doing here, man? Ugh. And then I woke up. And I, and I, you know, again, just feeling this heaven. I've been carrying this thing for maybe 48 hours. Spirit of discouragement, wanting me to give up. Start feel like, you start thinking and feeling like, you know, if I just died, it wouldn't matter. Like, it just, it just wouldn't really matter. Like, you know, and I may as well just give up ministry. All this heaviness. Some people labor for years under that, hey? Just labor with um, spirit of discouragement for years and years. Trying to lead church, trying to lead life and family and just just heavy with discouragement i woke up in the morning i said god okay that's two nights in a row i've had this dream what is this what's happening what is this about he said that guy in your dream i said what's why is this guy showing up in my dream he said that guy represents a spirit of discouragement so it's got nothing to do with the actual guy it's just who he represents the spirit there's a spirit of discouragement that is attacking you and you and you're allowing it to attack you because you're agreeing with its lies you're agreeing with the lies, and so you're enabling that discouragement to flow into your life. And, and once the Holy Spirit showed me that, he, he, just, he just revealed it to me. It's a spirit of discouragement. Once I saw that, I actually started laughing. I was like, oh. <laughs> it's like you get a revelation, the light comes on. I'm like, ah, oh, see, because I suddenly realized what was happening in the spirit. I was like, okay, that's a spirit. That's easy then. I know what to do. That's really easy. I know how to deal with this. All I've got to do is break that spirit. Just, just stand in my authority and rebuke that spirit and command it to go, and it'll go. And so I, I just I got up in my room. I said, in the name of Jesus, you spirit of discouragement, I just rebuke you right now. I just break your attack. I just command you to go right now in Jesus' name. And guess what? In an instant, in a flash, it was gone. Just gone. Just, just gone. And all of a sudden, yeah, praise God. All of a sudden, I felt my shoulders just lift up, my chest stuck out, my head up, and I, it, it's like clouds just, the clouds of darkness just parted, and the sunshine of heaven just shone back down. I was like, what was that? That was crazy. 
I was just laboring under this heavy spirit of discouragement for days of just darkness, and, 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 and I didn't realize it was a spirit. Once I knew, boom, bang, broke. Suddenly, clouds, glory, heaven, love of God, courage of God filled me again. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm, God called me to minister. He's called me to have a voice and to speak and to, into the body of Christ and to set people free and help people to go into an encounter with God and to walk in the Spirit. And I believe I've got an important voice and I'm going to speak and I'm going to write and I'm going to say things. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I'm going to run and uh, suddenly just filled with courage again. And uh, yeah. yeah, praise God. Praise God. And I tell you, you know, there, there are natural causes for discouragement, you know, natural situations that you're facing and that. And, um, and you can go about trying to, you know, deal with those situations. And, and as you solve some of those problems and overcome some of those things, you know, you'll feel it, discouragement reducing and courage coming back. But then there's also spirit, there's spiritual discouragement. Um, that you can't reason that away. You can't think that away. You can't reason. You can't solve that away. That's a spiritual thing. You've got to break in the spirit. Amen. Um, you, you've got to deal with that in the spirit. And you can. You can because of your authority in Christ. And you know there might be some things that you guys are facing now, walking through. And can I just say, be careful what you agree with. Be careful of the lies. Don't agree with the lies. The Bible says, take every thought captive, you know, and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. Every thought, every pretension, every lie, take it captive, make it obedient to the authority of Jesus Christ, to the truth of Christ. Challenge it. In other words, challenge it. That, that discouraging thought, that depressing thought, that heavy thought, that lying thought, that tempting thought, challenge it. This is not from God. This is not truth. I reject it. I resist it in Jesus' name. I take it under the authority of Christ. I break the spirit behind this thing, and I command it to go right now in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. You can apply that to every area of your life, your family, your finances, your business, your mental health, your physical health. Amen? Amen. So good, because we have authority in Christ. And so I, I think that that kind of, ties into the next thing I want to talk about is being watchful in prayer. Being watchful in prayer. Colossians, Colossians chapter 4, won't you just turn there? Now, we just got to get so established in that truth, hey? Authority of Christ. It's really so simple. The Bible's so simple, it takes a theologian to confuse it, right? What, what do they say? That's what they say. Like, it, it's so simple, it takes a theologian to make it complicated, it's just traditions of man over the years have, have not helped the church. They nullify the word of God. We just got to know the truth and stand on the truth, stand on our authority in Christ. And uh, I'm, I'm not going li- to listen to some religious person that says, oh, what about this obscure scripture? It talks about opening a door. It's like, no, no, no. I've got a whole breadth of scriptures that speaks about my authority in Christ that I'm one with Christ, that I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ, that the enemy has been disarmed. And it's like one little scripture, oh, you're going to open the door. It's like, if you believe that, you're not going to resist the enemy. If you believe your sin has opened a door, or you've done something, that's, oh, I've got some generational curse, that's opened a door. If you, if you believe that stuff, you're not going to resist the enemy. You're going to think he's got a right to put sickness on you. He's got a right to put depression on you. He's got a right to mess with your finances. It's got a right to mess with your family. Oh, what can I do? No, there is something you can do. You can enforce your authority. You can enforce 
the victory of the cross. You can take authority. See, over our home, I tell you, our home is a home of peace. There's a home of peace. There is not going to be any torment in our home. There's not going to be any darkness in our home. It is a home of light. It is a home of the kingdom. And my wife and I, we're the king and the queen of our home. And we enforce our dominion over our home. And our children are our loyal subjects. (laughs) And they will obey the king and the queen. (laughs) The royal edict (laughs) of peace (laughs) in the home. We do. And, and when things are agitating them and, you know, stuff's trying to get to them, you know, we, we protect them. We help take authority and protect them. And when stuff's trying to come into our home, lies and spirit of the age, we, we just say no. No ways. Oh, you know, my, my friends have got smartphones. Why can't we have smartphones? Because we said you can't. And we're your mum and dad. We're the parents. And this is how we, we're going to protect you from that stuff. Amen? Just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> We're protecting them. We're protecting them. All kinds of stuff comes through that, those channels. So to our first daughter, you, the, the only time you're going to have a smartphone is when you turn 18. Yeah. And she waited. And she got a smartphone when she was 18. We let Chloe have one when she was 16. <laughs> so you sort of relax more as, as you have more kids, you know? Kind of relax. So... Uh, but Asher will probably only be, he might only be 18 when we give him a smartphone. Because I'm telling you now, if, if I was 15, 16 and had a smartphone, whoo, it'll all be over. It'll all be over. I tell you, if, if, if that thing is a source of real struggle and temptation, take it and smash it on the ground and get, get, a, get an old phone like I've got. It's, it's not so smart. <laughs> costs like $40 and it's lasted me for years and years and years and I can drop it on the ground the screen doesn't break it's awesome <laughs> wow don't know where that one came from but um, <laughs> protecting protecting our homes protecting our homes spirit of the age we keep the spirit of the age out that's one of the things we've just prayed as parents you know parenting that's, that's a crazy job isn't it like wow that is intense and there's no perfect parent, and you just, we just do our best. And the first one is kind of the experiment, and then the other one gets better. Like. <laughs> but um, we just said, God, we want to keep the spirit of the age, the spirit of the God of this world. We want to keep it off our children. And we would protect and pray for our children. We would discern when the, the lies of the enemy, the worldly thinking, is trying to invade our children. Because they, their minds get captured by worldly thinking, and then they want to follow after that stuff. And we'd continually be breaking that off their lives and, and speaking truth into their lives, speaking the kingdom of God into their lives. And um, it's so awesome to see them getting on fire for God. All, all of them, all four of them, just knowing God and walking with God and... and um, Praise God for that. Anyway, being watchful in prayer. Being watchful in prayer. Colossians 4 verse, let's just take it from verse 1. Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair. Colossians 4 verse 1. Knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. We'll leave it there. So it's really verse 2. Continuing earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it. Who has another translation that says being watchful? Being watchful and thankful. So continue in prayer, being watchful in it. 
And I read that a few weeks ago, a, month, a few months ago. I thought, what does that mean? Being watchful in prayer. How do, you, how do you be watchful in prayer? Like, what does that even mean? I just thought you prayed. You know, we just, we just pray, we just ask God for stuff. Hey? Prophetic, prophetic, yeah, prophetic watching in prayer. It's like, but, but it just kind of jumped off the page, being watchful in prayer. And I was like, watchful, watchful, watchful. What does that mean? What does it mean to be watchful in prayer? How do you be watchful in prayer? And, um, and then God, God showed me like a security system in your house where you have, you know, security cameras. And, um, you know, your house is precious. You've got precious things in your house. And then you set up these security cameras and today you can put it on your smartphone and you can, you can watch your house so you can protect your house. A security system protects your house and the cameras are always watching. And so you're always watching to protect what is most precious to you. And, and you can see if, if, um, if someone's trying to break in, you can just send, send um, a notification or an alarm to the police or the security and they can just come straight away and grab the person and stop them from entering in, breaking in and taking what is yours. It's being, it's being watchful. Then I thought, and God showed me, you know, in a the, in the castle, those old, you know, castle, you know, big, big walled city kind of a thing. A, a walled, back in, you know, medieval times and Bible times, in a walled city, they would, they would have guards on the walls, in the watchtowers, and they would be watching. And they'd be watching for the enemy. They'd be watching who's approaching. They would have like, the, you know, the north, south, the east, and the west, and they would have um, security guards stationed on those, on those posts, watching out, looking out over the horizon, over the landscape, seeing you, it's, it's, a, it's a hard point. You can see who's approaching. You can see if it's friend or foe. If it's enemy, is the enemy approaching? And if they see the enemy approaching, they sound the alarm. Ding, 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 ding. Prepare for war. Get, get the soldiers ready. Get the troops ready. Arm yourselves. Get ready for war so that they're not taken by surprise. They are ready and prepared. And, and if the enemy is approaching, they'll see who's approaching, where they're approaching from, and then they know how to meet the enemy and send out, the, the, you know, send out soldiers to go and fight and destroy the enemy and send the enemy fleeing. But if they weren't watchful, you know, the, the night watch, the day watch, every, or every moment of the day someone is watching, if they weren't being watchful, then the enemy could sneak up on them, climb over the walls or... You know, somehow infiltrate and, and then open the doors and let everyone in and suddenly the place is overrun and it's just, it's chaos. Amen. And God just said, that, that's, that's how you be, you can be watchful in prayer. And that is, it's being prophetic in your praying. It's, it's, it's picking up in the spirit. It's, it's people, the church, people in the church carrying a burden for the church for, to protect what is inside of the church, which is people's lives. It's to protect the future, the destiny of the church, the calling of the church, the children's lives, the finances, you know, businesses, relationships in the church. What is inside is, is very, very precious. We want to protect it. And so we're, we're, there's different people that, that have a burden of prayer, that, that feel the, the, the burden for the church and are watchful. So that means we're, we're, we're praying. We're praying in the spirit. You know, we're, we're praying... And we're picking up things in the spirit. And so we're actually having spiritual eyes to be able to see what is, what is the enemy up to? 
Because the Bible says, you know, adversary roams around like a lion. We have an adversary, and he is wandering around. The Bible says our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So God hasn't removed the enemy, and, and he is still operating in the world, and he'll just go wherever he has access and vulnerabilities. Amen? But those that are being watchful, that are protecting, they, they, they're stopping him from gaining access. They're removing all the vulnerabilities. They, they're getting rid of all the weak points. Amen? And so the church has people stationed on the walls where we're praying in the spirit. We're seeing in the spirit. We're prophetically seeing in the spirit. We're seeing what's approaching. And at, when I was you know, pastoring and leading in the church, I tell you, there's times in your, you're praying, and suddenly as you're praying, you, you might be you know, just interceding in the spirit. In my room, just all of a sudden, something comes up in your spirit. Relationships are about to go through an attack. Or finally, the enemy's going to come, he's going to attack people's finances. And you, you feel it strong in your, your spirit. You get up and you announce it. Guys, sounding the alarm. Ding, ding, ding. At the prayer meeting, at the prayer meeting, rallying the church. We're sounding the alarm. The enemy's coming after people's finances. Who's feeling attacked? And yeah, people are like, yeah, yeah. It's just like weird stuff's happening with my finances. All right. Well, what we need to do is we need to stand together. We need to rally the troops. We need to go out and meet the enemy. We need to go and enforce the victory and the authority of the cross and just annihilate and destroy his attack because that stuff ain't coming near this church. And it's not going to take what is ours, our inheritance in Christ. Amen. Guys, just feeling relationships. You know, I was just praying in my spirit. I just, just felt like relationships are going to be under attack. Marriages or, you know, whatever. We're sounding the alarm, picking things up in the spirit. We're not going to allow this. We can do something about it. We've got authority. We can go and stop this. This is just a spirit. We can break that in an instant, in a moment. We're going we're gonna to enforce the victory of the cross. And I tell you, a church that does that, a church that is watchful in prayer, is a powerful church. It is a protected church. It is a church that can grow and flourish and increase. Amen. People can come into that place, into the community, and feel safe, feel protected, um, find rest. Amen. Find victory. I just, amen. I, that's, that's just such an awesome, simple, but powerful revelation. And you can do that with, with everything. Every, every area of your life, every area in the church, you know, the, the men, I feel like the men coming under just sexual temptation, that, that, that happens, that happens, you know, let's stand together, women, let's rally, let's stand together, protect our men, Let, let's, let's smash the enemy where he's trying to come in, like a roaring lion, let's smash him off, we're not going to let that happen, I feel like depression's trying to go, no, we're not going to let that happen, Amen. And it's, and it's not just about hiding and waiting for the enemy. No, no, no. We're, we're also we're going out. We're making disciples. We're advancing. We're taking ground. We're, we're, we're expanding. We're crossing over the Jordan. We're taking ground. We're yes. going as an army. Yes. You know, sometimes the army has to camp at night. We station people. There's watchmen. There's watch people stationed, praying, protecting the church. As, as a church, just you need to carry the burden of the church. And it's just, it can't just be John and Anna, you know, being the only watchman. It's got to be people standing next to them, shoulder to shoulder, covering the north, the south, the east, the west, picking things up in the spirit. You might say, hey, John and Anna, just, just feeling, in the, I was praying this morning, feeling this in the spirit, enemy might be trying to attack here, or God is saying we need to go, you know, advance in this area, um, and we can take ground in that area. Amen? Yeah, yeah that's exciting. So I, I just think we should... Pray right now, just spend a little bit of time praying, and just even in the spirit, just pick up 
some things and then just pray into them. So why don't you stand? Hey, this is Ryan Rufus from New Nature Ministries. And I just want to encourage you that uh, if you're enjoying New Nature Ministries and being fed and being blessed, uh, would you consider making a financial donation um, or even possibly partnering with us on a monthly basis? We just absolutely value and appreciate any financial amount that you give. Um, We appreciate your partnership. And it's just a wonderful thing to have other people standing with us in this gospel. We're not going to charge for the gospel. We're going to just take it to the nations. And God is our source and our provider. But uh, we just want to give you the opportunity as well to stand with us financially and to sow a seed into this ministry. And I truly believe that that seed, God is going to honor that seed. He's going to bless that seed. And it's going to bring a harvest um, of blessing in many people's lives and including your life. And so no pressure. This is up to you. Just if it's resonating with your heart, um, we just want to give you that opportunity. And so you can go to our website, newnatureministries.org, and look on the Partner Give page. It's got all the information on there. I just want to say thank you uh, for considering standing with us financially. And I just pray God's blessings be multiplied to you. In Jesus' name, God bless.